Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Improve Me. Quick shout out to my newest listeners in Ireland. Welcome to the podcast. Okay, there's a lot to get through, so let's get into the topic of today. We're going to be talking about meditation and BDNF, otherwise known as brain-derived neurotrophic factor. I'll be talking about the different styles of meditation and what benefits you can get from each one, and you'll notice that there will be a fair bit of overlap with the different styles. I feel like I've been banging on about meditation for ages, so here's the scoop. Meditation is a practice where you use a technique to focus your mind on a particular object, a thought or activity and you try to train your attention and awareness and ultimately you want to achieve a mental clarity and a stable state of mind. So you want to be emotionally calm. Meditation can give you that sense of calm and once you feel at peace you can feel that sense of balance and that's going to benefit you emotionally and and improve your overall health. It's really good for stress and anxiety because it helps you relax and it can also help you cope by refocusing your attention on something calming. So long story short, Meditation can help you learn to stay centered and keep inner peace so you're more able to cope better in general and it's probably going to take more stress-inducing experiences to push you over the edge. So it's going to increase your ability to resist getting stressed in the first place. And speaking of stress, stress reduction is probably the most common reason that people try meditation because it can control anxiety, it can promote emotional health, self-awareness, it can lengthen your attention span and give you a, you, know, you, you can actually generate more kindness towards others. And I'll, I'll get into that. That sounds a bit out there, but I'll get into that a bit later. So speaking of stress, stress reduction is one of the most common reasons people try meditation in the first place because it can control anxiety. It can promote your emotional health. It can enhance your self-awareness. It can increase your attention span. It can even help you generate more kindness towards others. It's really good to help you fight addictions and it can reduce age-related memory loss. And I spoke about that in the last podcast on cognitive reserve and you're probably starting to notice how all this brain stuff is overlapping and how everything is related when it comes to the brain and body health. So I like to look at meditation as a habitual process of training your mind to focus and redirect your thoughts. And I say habitual because that's what I wanted to achieve. I wanted it to become a daily habit or at least a weekday habit because the benefits are so good. As far as I was concerned, the health benefits are just something I had to have. And as more people become aware of the health benefits, more and more people are getting into it. 
the popularity of meditation has increased hugely in recent years. Now, when I say health benefits, usually that's going to make you think of physical health, but you can use it to increase awareness of yourself and your surroundings, and that'll help your mental health too. I've spoken before about how talking about mental health is more accepted these days, and people are starting to realize that if you want to improve your mental health, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you in the first place. Even when you're good, you can always be better. If you're talking about improving your physical health, nobody blinks an eye. So we need to achieve that same level of acceptance for when we're talking about our mental health. Many people think of it as a way to reduce stress and develop concentration, but as I've mentioned before, the benefits go much deeper than that. People also use the practice of meditation to develop other really beneficial habits and feelings. And things like positive mood and outlook, self-discipline, healthy sleep patterns, and even an increase in pain tolerance. So if you have reoccurring pain for whatever reason, meditation can help you deal with it better. Studies have concluded that meditation lives up to its reputation for stress reduction, so it's not that surprising that stress reduction is one of the most common reasons people try meditation. Normally, mental and physical stress cause increased levels of the stress hormone cortisol, and if your brain's swimming in cortisol, that's not good. This produces many of the harmful effects of stress, such as the release of inflammatory chemicals called cytokines. And a cytokine are a type of protein uh, made by certain immune and non-immune cells, and that has an effect on the immune system, obviously. Some cytokines stimulate the immune system, and others are going to slow it down. And what's really interesting is that some cytokines can be produced in the laboratory and used to help the body fight things like infections and diseases, and even cancer. These effects can disrupt sleep, they can promote depression and anxiety, increase your blood pressure and contribute to fatigue and brain fog or that cloudy kind of thinking. There was an eight week study done somewhere on a meditation style called mindfulness meditation and that reduced the inflammation response caused by stress. And on top of that, research has shown that meditation might also improve symptoms of stress related conditions including irritable bowel syndrome, post-traumatic stress disorder, and fibromyalgia. And just in case you're wondering what that is, that's a rheumatic condition characterized by muscular or musculoskeletal pain with stiffness and localized tenderness at specific points in the body. So many styles of meditation are going to help you reduce stress. Meditation can also reduce symptoms in people with stress-triggered medical conditions. So we already know that meditation can reduce stress levels, and that directly translates into less anxiety. Just so you know, a meta-analysis is a statistical analysis that combines the results of multiple scientific studies. So a meta-analysis including about 1,300 people found that meditation can decrease anxiety. But an important factor in that study concluded this effect was strongest in those with the highest levels of anxiety. So basically, the, the more anxious you got, the better the effect was. There was another study found that after eight weeks of meditation, it helped to reduce anxiety symptoms in people with a generalized anxiety disorder, which also helped with increasing positive self-affirmations and coping better by improving reactions to stress. So it's one thing to deal with the stress, but it was shown to help the initial reactions to stress, which meant even if you were still stressed, you weren't as stressed as what you might have been. And people with chronic pain, they can become stressed and anxious because of the pain they're going through. So in a, this was a pretty small study of only around 47 people, I think, but in that study, 
those 47 people with chronic pain, it was found that completing an eight-week meditation program led noticeable improvements in depression, anxiety, and pain for up to a year. So how great is that? Eight weeks of meditation gave improved results in depression, anxiety, and the amount of pain that they felt. I feel like that's pretty significant. If you're doing an eight-week course and it's lasting a whole year, that's pretty good. What's more, some research suggests that a variety or a combination of mindfulness and meditation exercises can also reduce anxiety levels. For example, yoga has been shown to help people reduce anxiety. This is likely due to benefits from both meditative practice and physical activity. And if you think back to my cognitive reserve episode, I spoke about the benefits of combining the mental and the physical. So I'm hoping you can start to see a link between some of my episodes because when it comes to the brain, there's so much overlap and that's just in you know the things we think we understand. Meditation can also help job-related anxiety. One study found that employees who use mindfulness meditation apps for an eight-week period experienced improved feelings of well-being and decreased uh, distress and job strain compared to those in a control group. And another thing I learned from the, the scientist named Gene McKesh is that to really lock something into our brains, it needs to be repeated 400 to 450 times. And that sounds a bit debilitating to me, but when you think about it, it kind of makes sense. I personally feel that I can lock things in without repeating 400 times, but that's basically what the, the study was. I think you can do it with less, but you know, that's what's been said. I bet if you stand in front of the mirror in complete darkness or with your eyes closed, you can easily brush your teeth without needing a visual component. And that's because you've done it so many times, it becomes second nature. So in essence, the more you practice meditation, the easier it's going to be to get it done. So meditation on a regular basis can help reduce anxiety and improve stress reactivity and coping skills. Now, it's also going to promote emotional health. Meditation can lead to improved self-image and a more positive outlook on life. We already know that meditation can improve symptoms of depression, so it makes sense that it can also help increase emotional health, and of course, that's going to help you have a more positive outlook. And when we talk about emotional health, we're talking about having fewer negative thoughts in the first place. So instead of dealing with the negative thoughts in a positive way and they come up, they just don't come up as often to begin with. Prevention is always going to be better than the cure for most negative things we experience. So meditation can improve depression, reduce negative thoughts, and it can also decrease levels of inflammatory cytokines, which can contribute to depression. Some forms of meditation might help you develop a stronger understanding of who you are, and that can obviously help you grow into a better or even the best version of yourself. For example, self-inquiry meditation explicitly aims to help you develop a greater understanding of yourself, but not only that, but how you relate to people around you. Other forms are going to teach you to recognize thoughts that might be harmful or self-defeating. And the idea is that you gain a greater awareness of your thought habits and you can steer yourself towards more constructive thought patterns and ideas. Right, so in, in psychology, self-efficacy is an individual's belief in their capacity to act in the ways necessary to reach specific goals or overcome challenges. And studies have shown that practicing Tai Chi, for example, may be associated with improved self-efficacy. And if that's not enough, you can reduce feelings of loneliness. You could even become more efficient at problem solving and become more creative. So self-inquiry and related styles of meditation can help you understand yourself better and this can be a great launching point in making other positive changes in your life. 
Right, so this here's a really good reason to get into meditation, increasing your attention span. Actually, I'll just jump in here quickly for a sec. I just want to say, if all this meditation stuff sounds too difficult, it's really easy to get started. You can jump on a YouTube, search for you know guided meditation or self-inquiry meditation, and you'll find heaps of videos uh, that, that are going to help you through it. And there's, you know, there's just tons of apps you can download on your phone. Me telling you how is one thing, but you'll probably find it way easier just being guided through it. I mean, that's what I do. I've been doing it for a while now, and I still use a guided meditation app on my phone. So just remember, meditating is a skill, and you have to learn it like any other skill. So don't beat yourself up if you don't master the concept on day one, because you're not going to. Just know that if you stick with it, it'll eventually happen. Now, extending your attention span. Focused attention meditation is like weightlifting for your attention span. It's going to help you increase strength and endurance of your attention. So you'll be able to concentrate for longer, have better focus, and this is particularly helpful in the workplace. So you can concentrate for longer and you'll be more accurate in what you're doing. Another thing meditation can do, and when I say meditation, I mean regular meditation, obviously. Um, you can't you know, just do it once and expect to gain all these positives. I've spoken a bunch on what you can gain, but something that's really cool is that you can reverse things in, you know, like your mind wandering and, and worrying about stuff. And again, it's great if you can find ways of dealing with this stuff, but it's even better if you don't need to deal with it in the first place, right? Meditation can reduce age-related memory loss. Improvements in attention and clarity of thinking may help you keep your mind young. And a type of meditation called Kirtan Kriya or otherwise known as kundalini yoga, is a method of meditation that combines a mantra or a chant with repetitive motion of the fingers to focus your thoughts. Remember when I was talking about clicking my fingers and how I felt like it helped me concentrate? I was totally unaware of this when I recorded that episode, but it, it kind of reinforces my theory. So that's really interesting to me. And you know, the fact that I was doing it instinctively, I'm pretty stoked about that. It's believed that people with age-related memory loss have shown this particular type of yoga improves performance in neuropsychological tests. And further to that, as if that's not good enough, a review found some evidence that multiple meditation styles can increase attention, memory, and mental agility in older people. Now, before I was saying that meditation can help you generate kindness, some types of meditation you know, may particularly increase positive feelings and actions towards yourself and others. Now, meta is a type of meditation also known as loving-kindness meditation. And that begins with developing kind thoughts and feeling towards yourself. And as you feel better, it, it kind of happens organically where you start projecting that outwards towards others. So through practice, people learn to extend this kindness and forgiveness externally, first to family and friends, then acquaintances, and even toward, well, I don't want to say enemies, but perhaps people that you don't have a good history with. So just on forgiveness quickly, when you forgive someone, you're doing it for yourself. You don't have to even tell the other person that they're forgiven. Because if someone's done something awful or has been awful to you in some way, firstly, they might not even be aware of their own behavior. And secondly, they're not, gonna, they're not the ones thinking about it. You know, they've moved on. So you're the one that's angry or hurt. So forgiving them is for yourself. It'll take the weight off your shoulders. I have an ex-mate, you know, he's carrying this weight from 22 years ago, he's still talking shit about an ex, you know? Like, for no reason, she hasn't done anything to him. It's just they broke up, and because they broke up, he was hurt, and he's still going on about it today from 22 years ago. Can you imagine that? And, you know, when he'd bang on about 
how she did this or she did that. He'd get so angry and stressed and you know, it would just put him in this really dark place for hours at a time. And he talked about her all the time. And if it wasn't her, it was something else. You know, he'd literally complain about anything and everything. And even when something was clearly his fault through either, you know, action or inaction, he'd still find a way to blame someone else. And in my opinion, he was kind of addicted to feeling like crap. Now, this guy did have anxiety issues and they were diagnosed anxiety issues. So telling someone like that to, you know, to forgive her, it would have been a complete waste of time. And it was a waste of time because I tried over and over again. So even though he feels crap all the time, that's his, you know, quote unquote normal. So as bizarre as it sounds, that's the way he wants to live, you know, because the brain likes a normal point, you know, and sometimes change, even if it's for the better, that can be distressing. So often when people are in that state, they just want to sit there and stew in their own misery just so they can complain about it. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The more time people spend engaging meta-meditation, the more positive feelings you're going to experience, and studies have been done. So these benefits also appear to accumulate over time with the practice of the loving-kindness kind of meditation. So meta or loving-kindness meditation is a practice of developing positive feelings, firstly towards yourself and then towards others. Meta increases positivity, it increases empathy and compassionate behavior towards others. All good. Now, if you're addicted, if you have addictions that you're trying to fight, the mental discipline you can develop through meditation might even help you break dependencies by increasing your self-control and your awareness of triggers for those sorts of behaviors. 
Research has shown that meditation might even help people learn to redirect their attention, manage their emotions and impulses, and increase their understanding of the causes behind their addictions. Now, I'm the worst kind of smoker. I'm an ex-smoker. I fall into that category anyway. And a lot of ex-smokers feel the need to let everyone know about their achievement. And don't get me wrong, it is an achievement. But if someone doesn't want to quit smoking, hearing you bang on about it is just going to be so irritating and annoying, they'll probably light up a cigarette right in front of you just to make you leave. Um, now, I quit well, it's more than two years now. I don't, even, I, didn't, I don't have a date. I don't know when it was, but it was about two years, two and a half years ago. And I barely told anyone that I quit, including my own family. And for you know, some of my family that are going to be listening to this podcast, this is going to be the first they're hearing about it, literally. I personally didn't want to be congratulated for quitting, nothing against anyone that does. But the analogy I gave someone, if I was belting myself in the head with a hammer, no one would congratulate me when I stopped doing it. So meditation develops mental awareness and it can help you manage triggers for unwanted impulses. This is going to help you recover from addiction, manage unhealthy eating and redirect other unwanted habits. Now meditation can also improve your sleep. Nearly half the population are going to struggle with insomnia at some point. One study compared meditation programs and found that people who meditated stayed asleep longer and had improved insomnia severity. So becoming skilled at meditation, and remember, it's, it's calming your mind, right? It can often help you control or redirect the racing or runaway thoughts that often lead to insomnia. Now, I don't have insomnia. I don't think I've ever had it as far as I know, but I'm always thinking, always planning. So I find it, or at least I used to find it really hard to switch my brain off when I'm falling asleep. And since I've been meditating, the improvement's been very noticeable. It wasn't the only thing that contributed to that improvement. And you can listen to my episode on sleep if you haven't already. I won't go into that again because I dedicated the whole episode you know, for exactly that reason. But additionally, it can help you relax your body, releasing tension and placing you in a peaceful state. And, you know, and then you're going to, you know, more likely that you're going to fall asleep. A variety of meditation techniques can help you relax and control runaway thoughts that can interfere with sleep. This can shorten the time it takes to fall asleep and increase sleep quality. Now, here's what I find really interesting, how you know, where meditation is going to help you control pain. Your perception of pain is connected to your state of mind, and it can be elevated in stressful conditions. Some research suggests that incorporating meditation into your routine could be beneficial for controlling pain. And there was a fairly small study done, and what it basically concluded was that mindfulness meditation could reduce pain improve quality of life, and decrease symptoms of depression in people with chronic pain. There was a large meta-analysis of studies which had about 3,500 people, and that concluded that meditation was definitely associated with decreased pain. So, you know, people that were meditating compared to people that weren't experienced the same causes of pain, but people meditating showed a greater ability to cope with the pain and even experienced a reduced sensation of pain. So meditation can diminish the perception of pain in the brain, and this might help chronic pain when used to supplement medical care or physical therapy. Meditation can also improve physical health by reducing strain on the heart. Over time, high blood pressure makes the heart work harder to pump blood, and that's going to lead to poor heart functions. High blood pressure also contributes to atherosclerosis, or a narrowing of arteries, and that can lead to heart attack and stroke. So a meta-analysis of 12 studies, which included about 1,000 people, 
found that meditation helped reduce blood pressure. So this was more effective among older volunteers who had higher blood pressure prior to the study. So again, the worse you were to begin with, the more benefit you got out of it. So one review also concluded that several types of meditation produce similar improvements in blood pressure. So in part, meditation appears to control blood pressure by relaxing the nerve signals that coordinate heart function, blood vessel tension, and the fight or flight response that increases alertness in stressful situations. I've actually started a podcast on fight or flight, so I won't go into too much there. I might just do a whole episode just on fight or flight. That's pretty interesting. So anyway, blood pressure decreases not only during meditation, but also over time in individuals who meditate regularly. So this can reduce strain on the heart and arteries, helping prevent heart disease. That's pretty epic. Now, the beauty of meditation is that people practice many forms of meditation, most of which don't require specialized equipment or space. You can practice for just a few minutes daily. And if you want to start meditating, you know, try choosing a form of meditation based on what you want to get out of it. Because all the different types of meditation really fall into two main groups. And you would have noticed there's a lot of overlap. So, you know, that won't be too surprising. But the two major styles of meditation are focused attention meditation and open monitoring meditation. Focused attention meditation, this style concentrates attention on a single object, a thought or a sound or some sort of visualization. And it's going to emphasize ridding your mind of distractions. So meditation, you know, that can focus on your breathing or a mantra, some sort of calming sound, that's what I do. And I try to do that at least five times a week. Open monitoring meditation is the style that encourages like a broadened awareness of all aspects of your environment. It's going to focus on your train of thought and your sense of self. So it's going to include, you know, becoming aware of suppressed thoughts and feelings or impulses. To find out what style you like best, just check out the free guided meditation that you can find anywhere on YouTube or the endless free apps that you can download on your phone. I'm pretty confident that there'll be some you don't like, but if you stick with it, you'll yeah, you'll find one that you like and one that you can use and get some value out of. And it's a really good way to try different styles and until you find one that suits you. And if your regular home and work environments don't really allow for consistent, quiet, alone time, consider joining a class. And this can also improve your chances of success by providing, you know, a, a supportive community. And if that, you know, if that doesn't work for you, try setting your alarm a few minutes early or getting up a few minutes early to take advantage of the quiet time first thing in the morning. This can also help you develop a consistent habit and allow you to start the day in a positive frame of mind. So basically the bottom line, meditation is something everyone can do to improve their mental and emotional and physical health. You can do it anywhere. You don't need special equipment. You don't need memberships. It's free to do it. And alternatively, meditation courses and support groups are available if you want to go down that road. There's a variety of styles as well, and each has different strengths and benefits. So trying out a style of meditation suited to your goals is a great way to improve your quality of life, and even if you've only got a few minutes each day to do it. So according to researchers, meditation likely helps in several ways. Sleep problems often stem from stress and worry, but meditation improves your relaxation response. It also improves control of the autonomic nervous system, which is going to reduce how easily you're awakened. So meditation can also increase melatonin, which is the sleep hormone. It can increase serotonin, which is the precursor of melatonin. 
It can reduce your heart rate, decrease your blood pressure, activate parts of the brain that are believed to have some sort of control over your sleep. So how do you meditate? Well, I'm not going to go into that because, you know, that's what all those apps are there for. And that's, you know, I'm too much of an amateur. I, you know, I still consider myself a bit of an amateur. I've been doing it for a while now, but I'm, you know, you're going to be better off checking out YouTube or checking out some apps because there's just so much out there. And, you know, obviously people know a lot more about it than I do. Guided meditation is where another person leads you through each step of that meditation. And I'm still doing that now. I still do that kind of meditation where I'm being led through it on, a, on an app. And I'm, I find it more calming hearing a, a female voice. But, you know, and, and there's plenty out there that, you know, I, I didn't like because of the accent of the person or just their style. So it took me a few different apps to find one that really worked for me. So, you know, don't be discouraged if you're, the first one you download doesn't work for you. You know, they're, they're gonna, you know, when, when it's guided, they're gonna instruct you how to breathe or how to relax your body in a certain way, or they might have you visualize certain images or sounds. And, you know, that's the, that technique is like the guided, known as, you know, guided imagery. So, you know, better sleep is just one benefit of meditation, but when you do it regularly, it can also improve your mood relieve stress, reduce anxiety, increase your focus, improve your cognition, reduce tobacco cravings, improve your pain response, control high blood pressure and improve your heart health and reduce inflammation. You know, what else, what else do you want, you know? All of that just from meditation. In general, meditation is a low-risk practice and it's typically, typically considered safe for most people. But if you have a history of mental illness, meditation might not be the way to go because that could trigger unwanted side effects that, you know, kind of work in reverse of what you're trying to achieve. So if you've got a diagnosed mental illness, it might be better off speaking to your doctor before you try it. And, you know, and if you're concerned about the possibility of these side effects, you know, speak to a professional. Now, BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor. This is epic. Brain-derived neurotrophic factor is a protein that, in humans, is encoded by the BDNF gene. BDNF is a member of the neurotrophin family of growth factors. And we haven't known about BDNF for that long. It was first isolated in a pig in 1982, so that's just 20 years ago. So basically, the BDNF gene provides instructions for making a protein found in the brain and the spinal cord called brain-derived neurotrophic factor. And this protein is going to promote the survival of nerve cells or neurons, you know, by playing a role in the growth of the maturing and the maintenance of these cells. In the brain, BDNF protein is active at the connections between nerve cells, which are synapses. We've spoken about that, where cell-to-cell -cell communication occurs. So the synapses can change and adapt over time in response to an experience, or a, you know, it's a characteristic called synaptic plasticity. The BDNF protein helps regulate that synaptic plasticity, which is important to learning and memory. So the BDNF protein is found in regions of the brain that control eating, drinking, body weight, and the protein likely contributes to management of these functions. And if you've ever heard of um, abrineurin, that's another name for BDNF. All right, so how do you get more of it? If you want to improve your memory, your cognition, your neuroplasticity, then incorporating the following BDNF boosting foods into your diet is going to help. And I've got 10 foods here that are going to help. Green tea. Look for one that's sourced from Japan. Apparently, a lot of green tea sourced from China has been found to be contaminated with lead. 
I'm not going to go into that. That's just what I've learned. Right? Yeah, uh, you want to get uh, blueberries in your diet, and apparently, <laughs> apparently, you want to choose organic blueberries or even wild blueberries whenever possible. Wild blueberries have a higher BDNF boosting antioxidant content apparently, and organic blueberries are gonna have fewer toxins from pesticides or soil contaminated, you know, in that, that's found in cultivation. Uh, yeah, I'd really love to know where wild blueberries are because they're about $9 million a punnet. And, you know, if they're out there in the wild, please tell me where they are. Red grapes, and again, you know, it's recommended that you get organic red grapes, the dark colored grapes are going to give you the best benefits. Olive oil. You want to go for the cold pressed extra virgin olive oil. This comes from olives that have had minimal processing, minimal preserving and um, more phytonutrients. And you'll know if you've got a good one, if the oil is like a dark gold with a slightly green tint, and it's going to have that earthy kind of smell. Some brands are even going to list their phytonutrient content on the label, and that's generally a good indication that they care about the quality of their product. So look out for that. Soy, organic, whole or fermented soy products are associated with positive health benefits, so you can go for those. Non-organic soy might contain harmful additives, pesticide residues, and you know genetically modified fats. I'm not a big expert on soy. I'm not really a fan either, so... That's just what I've learned. Now, dark chocolate. Um, cacao contains the phytonutrients that increase BDNF, so choosing 100% cacao chocolate is the best way to get all the benefits from, from chocolate. Not just any chocolate, but it, it's gotta be that dark chocolate. Now, for a long time, people have banged on about the benefits of turmeric, and the polyphenols in that particular spice are gonna increase your BDNF levels. But if you're gonna add that into your diet, you're gonna to wanna to make sure that you pair it with like black pepper and some sort of fat source because these are both gonna maximize the amount that you can actually absorb into your body. Um, also things like fatty fish, which are fish like salmon and mackerel, anchovies, sardines, and herring. Now there's a DHA, which is basically a type of omega-3 fat found in these fish, and that's gonna help increase your BDNF levels. So look for something that you know might be advertised as wild caught on the label and ensure that you get the fish with the healthiest fat content and the less toxins, obviously. Now eggs, just like fatty fish, they have that DHA in the food and that has been linked to higher BDNF levels. And eggs with the best fats are those that come from pasture-raised chickens. I think in Australia we would refer to that as free-range chickens. And basically, it just means that the, you know, the chickens aren't squashed in little boxes. They can get out and move around. Essentially, they're going to be happier and therefore they're going to you know, produce a, a better quality egg. Now, this is exciting for me. Coffee. The caffeine in coffee has been shown to increase your BDNF. And you, you, you obviously want to get a good quality coffee. So there's some lifestyle practices that you can also do to increase your BDNF levels. And that includes things like intermittent fasting. So... Practicing intermittent fasting or limiting your intake of food to a smaller window of time in each day rather than just sort of grazing or snacking all day long. You know, that's going to reduce the production of inflammatory molecules that lower your BDNF levels. So by giving your body time to rest and repair rather than working on digesting food all day long, you can increase your cognitive function. Exercise. Any type of exercise that boosts your heart rate is going to lead to increased BDNF levels. And if you're able to engage in some sort of cardio, it's going to have benefits for your brain. And the more intense, the better. 
and obviously within reason. Now your BDNF levels are going to rise and fall with the seasons and that's due to sun exposure. So you know, naturally higher levels are going to be experienced during spring and summer and lower levels in autumn and winter or you might know autumn as fall depending where you are in the world and try to get out each day for you know even if it's only 10 minutes just getting out there soaking up some sun you can go for a walk that's going to give you some exercise you're going to get some sun and I spoke about that in the sleep episode you know bathing in the morning sun here you go it's another benefit you know increasing your BDNF levels and you're going to be able to increase your BDNF levels with deep sleep. So deep sleep is beneficial because it helps you rest and repair. And this is also when your body is going to naturally release more BDNF. So ensure you get adequate sleep to boost your body's BDNF production. Now you're going to want to reduce your stress. Um, that's pretty obvious. Everyone knows that. But reducing Stress is going to increase your BDNF because stress reduces your BDNF levels. So finding any sort of you know personal practice helps you manage your stress levels, i.e. like meditation, is going to lead to improved cognitive health. Right, so having said all that, how do you get more BDNF? Well, you get it through exercise for one. Medium to light exercise is good. Medium to intense exercise is better. This podcast is all about meditation and you can get those same BDNF benefits through meditation. So that's something that you can do even without the exercise. If you're injured, you can still get it. That's my point. So that's it for today's episode. Hopefully you got some value out of it. And if you know anyone that can use this information, feel free to forward it on to them. Hopefully they they will be able to improve their life as well and get some value out of this information. If you want to send me a message, you can reach me on my email at improvemepodcast at outlook.com. And as always, try to imitate my blood type and be positive. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.